This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, the podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Brittany and <laughs> Amanda. Too slow. Uh, <laughs> <dying over here. laughs> you took my words. You're too slow, bro. Hi. Hi. How are you? I don't know. <laughs> Confused as hell. Uh, yeah, I couldn't find my words. So Brittany took over. <laughs> Thanks, friend. <laughs> We're just going to roll with it. We just threw a little twisty in there. It's episode 80. <laughs> We've done 80 of these. You have listened to 80 of these. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully you've listened to all of us. Well, by the time you're here, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it would naturally go. <laughs> I don't know. My brain is still like, what the fuck? If you're obsessive happened? compulsive like me, you have to listen to things from start to finish. You can't just jump in in the middle. No. Yeah. It doesn't make sense if you uh-uh. do it that way. Uh-uh. No. It makes my brain hurt. Mm hmm. Can't do it. Mm hmm. I mean, I'll listen to a podcast like most recent episode to see if I actually like it, and then I'll go back to the beginning. I can't even do that. No. I will on some of them. I'll listen to like the first five episodes and if it doesn't pique my interest by like the first five episodes, I'm out. Well, you never know. They may have done some growth and See, improved I feel on like some stuff. We hit but I do our like stride the journey from the beginning. Yeah. I feel like we hit our stride at about five. Five? We've evolved. Episode five? Yeah. We've evolved from there, but I felt like you kinda had a grasp by episode five. I think my first favorite episode was episode eight. Angels of Mercy. <laughs> it it felt more natural and I wasn't thinking too much. You felt comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Just getting into it, into the groove. Get into the groove. Boy, you got to prove. <laughs> I'm stopping it there. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> okay, so yeah, episode eighty. Athletes committing crimes. Yeah. Yeah. This is fun. This was interesting. And there will be a 2.0 because these dudes are fucked up. There's so many. Guys and gals. They all fucked up. Girls and all of the above. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Would you calm down? Calm down. It's all that adrenaline and steroids and (laughs) (laughs) energy drinks and stuff. I don't know. Something. You know, it's also hump day. This week's hump day treat is brought to us by Amanda. Yay! Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so I walked up to Brittany today after work. <laughs> Since it's athletes, I was trying to think of a theme. I was like, um, well, you ready for some Gatorade and Power Bars? <laughs> <laughs> to which you I know, said, uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, you know, well, that's what athletes eat. And she was like, well, why don't you do the thing that people eat that watch the athletes? <laughs> <laughs> that's more along my I lines. Like, yeah, I think I think we may have a winner there. So I got barbecue cheese fries mm-hmm. with um, shredded beef on top. 
delicious. delicious. <laughs> and then I got two pulled pork sliders because we love sliders. Mm-hmm. Love a good slider. Yeah, those are really good. And then I decided to go with a beer mm-hmm. because why not? Yeah. That's what you do when you watch the sports stuff. <laughs> Yay, sports teams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so standing at my local thrifty liquor and i was browsing the beer section and i saw a little symbol on the side of one of this these cans that was actually like super pretty anyways but it said the seventh tap it's like well fuck yeah i'm getting that because they're a local little brewery pub that just opened up not too long ago a like last year, year. So, yeah and we haven't had one of theirs yet so, I got Waves Sour Ale Blueberry. Thank God Brittany decoded the blueberry for me <laughs> because it doesn't say blueberry. It was an odd choice of font and letter placement. Yeah, but I love the way that they did it. You'll see it in the photo. Go look real quick. It looks cool, it but it takes brain second. power. Yeah. I was like, my brain couldn't do that. She she was like, well, it took me a second, too. But the can is gorgeous. I love it. The beer it's inside so is 80s. purple. Yeah. And it is fucking delicious. Yeah, it kind of makes so my good. taste buds go, yes. Mm-hmm. At first, it's like, oh, is this juice? No, it's not juice. Mm-hmm. This is beer. It's delicious. It's a burra. A burra. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you. Hi, Matt. <laughs> I like it. Oh, I'm gonna today, repeat it. What recording day is Matt's birthday? Oh, happy birthday, so Matt! So happy birthday, Matt! But happy birthday! He's also 22 years old. Oh, <laughs> young again. We are aging gracefully together. You're looking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to the socials. Go to the socials. Go look at our hump day treat and try to decipher the word blueberry at the bottom. But since we already told you what it was, it won't be that hard. They'll see it. Yeah. But you'll see it. It's cute. And the trivia, the shenanigans. The pictures. The case pictures. from the cases. Memes. Yeah. What's that Monday stuff we do? Oh, the Monday mind teaser. Mind teaser. That, my brain wasn't coming up with that. <laughs> <laughs> What's that other thing? The mind teaser. <laughs> yeah. <fine>. Yeah. <laughs> Wednesdays we show you all the stuff. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So just go there. Yeah, just go there. For all the things. It's a fun place. Yeah. Like and follow. Rate and review. Do that. And let's talk about some fucked up athletes. Yeah, here we go. Okay. So I chose one. No, God. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm quite certain. (laughs) All of you have heard of. I'm not ready. I I knew it was a big case, (laughs) but I didn't really know it was a big case, so I started working on it. So, a lot of shit is cut out of it because, I mean, we don't have that time. This could be a multi-episode podcast in itself. Oh, yeah. I've cut it down quite a bit. Thank thank you for all the photos, though, that I just saw. Girl. (laughs) Why he gotta be so cute? (laughs) He fine. I know. He fine. But then he like killed all these people. I know. So he's horrible. Um, anyway, um, (laughs) so we're talking about (laughs) Aaron Hernandez. (laughs) My bad. He's a sports ball player. (laughs) (laughs) Was, was, was a sports ball player. Sports ball. (laughs) Uh, He was a tight end for the New England Patriots. So, um, here we go with this shit. Yep. Okay. 
He was destined to be a football superstar and was already one of the NFL's most promising tight ends. But less than a year after signing a $40 million contract extension with the New England Patriots, Aaron Hernandez was charged with first-degree murder. Mm. And then this little nugget waited for me in my case notes, yet I'm fucked up, A.A. Ron. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Amanda's leaving hidden gems in my case now. so It's kind of fun. I might do a a repeat. (laughs) Two hours after his arrest on June 26, 2013, the Patriots dropped him. Hernandez, then 23, pleaded not guilty to the murder of Odin Lloyd and was held in a Massachusetts jail without bail. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> Hernandez had also been charged in the murders of two other men, and some of his closest associates are facing serious charges in connection with the alleged crimes. God. So there's your synopsis. Okay. All right, here we go. Yeah. The way defense lawyer James Sultan... And I, like, play Aladdin music in my head when I read it. (laughs) Laid it out for the Massachusetts (laughs) jury in closing arguments. Why would a young man with a $40 million contract kill semi-pro player Odin Lloyd less than a mile from his own home? Yeah. Friends and fans have wondered for a long time now, how could the star player who had more than 900 receiving yards in 2011 now be accused of murdering three people? It's a mystery. Yeah, yeah. I really want. Do you answer it? Because uh, yeah, it's a mystery, but it's not a mystery because I'm like answering okay, it cool. right now. <laughs> Don't what, do that. It's what I do. Don't tease me, bitch. <laughs> Long before Hernandez made national headlines, he was a standout athlete in Bristol, Connecticut, who came from a family described as a local sports dynasty. I don't think there was another family that was more familiar in Bristol, says Bob Montgomery, who covers high school sports for the Bristol Press. Okay. He was the golden boy playing Mm -hmm. football, basketball, and running track, following in the footsteps of his uncle, older brother, and father, who were all well-known athletes in the community. Good Lord. All right. So if you go to the pictures and look at the one, this is dad. 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 There's dad. There is Aaron Hernandez. He's the little guy. Yeah. And his brother, older (laughs) brother, and his dad, and their gorgeous puppy dog. Look at the puppy. I know. Oh, I want to play with him. Her. It. The dog. The doggy. The Her stash. <laughs> the stash on that. And the chain. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like Burt Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> Hernandez's father constantly pushed his son, requiring him to practice for hours before he could go out with friends. I saw a closeness with them that I'd never seen before, Montgomery said, of the relationship between Hernandez and his father. Sadly, his father died from complications after a routine surgery in 2006. Hernandez left high school halfway through his senior year in January 2007 to join the University of Florida Gators, and trouble followed. So I've got two pics here. The first one says high school. There's a picture of him in high school in his uh, high school football jersey. Oh, my God. That is... Oh, my dimples. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and the earrings. And then there's one that says college that shows him playing. He's playing the sports ball. (laughs) (laughs) You're killing me. (laughs) I 
really do know what football is. I'm just being yeah, silly, guys. She, she like has her own team and everything. <laughs> okay. I play fantasy. Okay, I manage my own team. <laughs> she knows. She I know knows. all about sports ball. <laughs> but here's him playing in uh, in college. Lakers. <laughs> Score a goal. <laughs> Anyhow, sorry, <laughs> I had to. He's running the ball. Look at the tattoos. He's mid run. Look at the oh arm. God. Look at the tattoos. Oh my god! Why? Oy. What a waste! In his first semester, a police report says Hernandez got into a fight at an off-campus restaurant, sucker punching the manager and rupturing his eardrum. No, I don't like the sucker punch. Stuff. No, that's, that's not cool. Move. Not okay. He he makes lots of bitch moves. Yeah. <laughs> the following fall, there was a shooting. <laughs> the following fall, <laughs> there was a shooting near a local club. Police reports link Hernandez and several other University of Florida football players to an argument in the parking lot. Hernandez was one of more than 20 people interviewed by police, and he was the only one who did not make a statement after invoking his right to counsel. That looks a little sus, friend. Yeah. At the time, his mother told the Orlando Centennial newspaper, I know he was at the club, but he never saw any shooting. How do you know, Mom? She's trying to protect her baby. Yeah. Yeah. The case remains open, and no one was ever charged in that one. So. Hmm. People suspect. Hernandez was also suspended at least once for marijuana, an issue that would follow him as he entered the draft, draft, (laughs) as he entered the draft his junior year. Trying to put the alleged drug use behind him, Hernandez wrote a letter to the Patriots director of personnel. If you draft me as a member of the New England Patriots, I will willfully submit to a biweekly drug test throughout my rookie season. In addition, I will tie any guaranteed portion of my 2010 compensation to these drug tests and reimburse the team a prorated amount for any failed drug test, he wrote, according to the Boston Globe. Okay, yep, that's pretty acceptable. All right. He really wanted to be a patriot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. I remember the weed issue. I can't remember all that. I don't know why, but I do. You was watching the news about the sports ball and heard about it. I mean, I was was looking at him, probably. I don't know. Dimples. (laughs) I I can't with you. Before the draft, Hernandez was expected to be a first or second round pick. He was passed over until the fourth round when the Patriots selected him. So I have a picture of him just in his uniform as a Patriot. Here's your dimples, Amanda, mm. again. Hi. <laughs> I don't know why I singled you out. I like the nipples, too. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. There's a reason you keep calling attention to them, too. <sighs> True story. Okay. Uh, By the end of the second season, he was a star, signing the five-year contract extension worth $40 million. One month before signing the deal, however, he was partying at a Boston club. That same night, two men from the club were found dead. Investigators allege Hernandez shot and killed Daniel Abreu. Abreu? 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 I don't know. Mm. Abubu. I I hate that Abubu. I hate that I don't know your name, Abubu. Yeah. Daniel Abreu, I think, 29, and Safiro Furtado, 28, on July 16th, 2012, 
because one bumped into him on a nightclub dance floor and spilled his drink. Oh, my God. So, I have pictures of Furtado and Abreu. Okay. So, the first one is Furtado, and the second is Abreu. Really good looking, too. I know. Sorry, guys. That's that's messed up. Yeah. Because they spilled his drink. What an ass. Right. We're taking your steroids. Calm the fuck down. District Attorney Patrick Hagan. What? <laughs> no relation. Spelled different. Uh-huh. Described the scene, saying Hernandez became angered and increasingly agitated, particularly after Mr. Abreu smiled and did not apologize. Which is kind of an asshole move, too, but not a um, reason to kill someone. Yeah. His friend tried to calm him down, and the pair walked outside and eventually entered another club across the street. Okay. Court documents identify that friend as Alexander Bradley, who, get this, would go on to accuse Hernandez of shooting him in an incident that would take place seven months later. What? He claims Hernandez shot him in the face in Florida and left him for dead the morning of February 13th in 2013. Shut the... What? Yeah. Oh, these okay. these motherfuckers are wild. I can't I can't hang. Wow. They have they're they're bored, apparently. Something. Okay. Go do some chores. <clears throat> Fuck. <laughs> After leaving the second nightclub, Hernandez and the friend returned their SUV and pulled over on a nearby street where Hernandez removed a gun from the engine block. Bruh. Hernandez began trailing Abreu, Furtado, and three of their friends, authorities said. He then pulled up to the victim's car at a red light and leaned out of the driver's side window with the loaded gun. Yeep. Hernandez allegedly said, yo, what's up now? I can't sound hood enough to for that sentence, but I mean, yo. It, it worked. Followed by a racial slur. It didn't say which one, and I don't care because that's awful. There's footage. And fired at least five times from a thirty-eight caliber revolver. Abreu, the driver, was shot several times and fatally hit in the chest. Mm-hmm. Furtado was sitting in the front passenger seat and suffered multiple gunshot wounds, including one to the head. So I have a picture of the car. Um, oh, my God. Aftermath. Oh, my God. Yeah. He fucked that car up. Yeah. Only five shots? Because lots of those windows are busted out. Wow. Well, I mean, bullets <clears throat> go everywhere. I know. But oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Hernandez was charged in the double homicide, and he pleaded not guilty. Bitch! Investigators found evidence they believe links him to these murders while investigating an entirely different case, the murder of Odin Lloyd. So, I want to go ahead and show you a picture of Odin Lloyd. Yeah. So, there he is. And apparently, he was a semi-pro athlete. Ooh, I like his cap. I didn't go into all that because, like I said, I was having to... Yeah, you got to squeeze things down here. In the early hours of June 17th, 2013, Lloyd was shot seven times. Oh, my God. The semi-pro football player's body was found by a jogger the next afternoon in an industrial park in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. Lloyd, who was dating the sister of Hernandez's fiance, had been partying with him just before his death. This is the only time I'm really going to talk about the fiance because I had to cut out all the shit about her. Okay. So let's go ahead and look at a picture. It's of Aaron and his fiance and their daughter. Oh my God. Look how cute. I know. Oh. This story is so sad for so many reasons, but mm. one of them being like, look at how sweet this little family looks in this picture. Oh. Like, 
So many lives were ruined. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not just the victims and their families, but his family, his family also. Too. And just like, it's all fucked up. It's all fucked up. <sighs> yep. Prosecutors say Lloyd was last seen with Hernandez and his two associates, Carlos Ortiz mm-hmm. and Ernest Wallace, around 2.30 a.m. in a rented silver Nissan Altima. Nothing good happens in a Nissan Altima. Yep. Yep. Sorry if you drive one, but oh my goodness. Surveillance video from security cameras at an industrial park showed an Altima heading toward a secluded area at 3.22 a.m., At the same time, text messages from Lloyd's phone were sent to his sister telling her he was with NFL, just so you know. This was the one I was thinking that had footage. There. Okay, this one. Yeah. So there are many rabbit holes to be found on this case. Okay. And we'll talk about some of that more at the end. There is a lot of footage. There are a lot of photos. There's a lot more to be found. Okay. About this. Okay. Like I said, this is just like this is crazy. really my entire case is a synopsis of this story because there was no way for me to get into it all. Oh my god. Okay. Between three twenty three and three twenty seven a.m., workers nearby reported hearing gunshots. At three twenty nine, a camera showed an Altima pulling into Hernandez's driveway about a half a mile from the death scene. Oh my god! So I have a picture of where the death scene is, the little industrial okay. park. It just looks like a bunch of mounds of dirt. Yeah, off oh. a highway. So it's yeah, not much to it. Kind of secluded, but not so secluded that it would be soups noticeable. Well, people definitely notice. Like, because you know, like if you're driving out of the woods, it's going to be super obvious that something just happened back there. Absolutely. So, like, it was secluded enough that they felt like they could get away with it. But, dude, it was only half a mile away from your house. Like, this was all stupid. It was all stupid. This is all stupid. Keep it separate. So, on the footage showing the Ultima pulling in, three people got out of the car, and Lloyd was not one of them. Nine days later, Hernandez was arrested and charged with first-degree murder and other weapon-related charges. He pleaded not guilty. (laughs) He kills me with this not guilty stuff. It's funny. It's funny. Investigators believe Hernandez's anger over two incidents at a nightclub and his apartment led him to allegedly kill Lloyd two nights later. One of the incidents involved Lloyd seeing guns and ammunition stored at Hernandez's apartment in Franklin, Massachusetts. So, he had a separate apartment. Okay. Like, apart from his family. Okay. In Massachusetts, or in Franklin, which they (laughs) dubbed the Flop House. Okay. So, I'm guessing this is where his drugs, guns. All uh, his bad stuff. His nefarious acts were, you know, contained to this apartment. Cool. The other thing that set off Hernandez was a conversation Lloyd had with two men at a club earlier that night, June 14th, 2013. Mm. He apparently reached a breaking point for reasons that most people would find unimportant. The source would not say what it was, but compared it to something as insignificant as the spilled drink that allegedly led to the 2012 Boston murders. Yeah. Okay. Believable. Yeah. On June 26th, 2013, the nation awoke to the sight of a star athlete being escorted out of his house by police. A t-shirt pulled over his cuffed wrists. I have that picture. Yeah. So, I'm assuming he was topless when they arrested him and they shoved a t-shirt over his head. (laughs) 
They didn't have to do that. I mean, shame on them. Make him go as is. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm screaming. <laughs> do it for the grant. <laughs> cannot. Uh. In April 2014, Ortiz and Wallace were also charged in Lloyd's murder. Mm-hmm. They, too, have pleaded not guilty. <laughs> this is funny. It's insane. Even behind bars, Hernandez has found trouble. No. <laughs> He cannot get his shit together. God. He has been accused of getting into a physical altercation with another inmate and is facing charges of assault and threatening a guard's life. Oh, fuck. hmm That's on top of his three murder charges, <laughs> the lawsuit claiming he shot his friend in the face, Jesus. and three civil suits from the families of his alleged victims. And a partridge and a, and pear, a pear tree. tree. Yes. God. As for the Lloyd case, Hernandez's lawyers insist the circumstantial evidence is full of gaps. There's certainly a lot of what I would call smoke. There's no doubt about it. Defense lawyer Jamie Sultan said during a June 16th, 2014 hearing. But that's not probable cause that he committed murder, and you can't just throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and say that's good enough. Yeah. No murder weapon has been found, and while at one point it seemed likely that Ortiz would be a key witness against Hernandez... There are now serious questions about his credibility. Oh. Hernandez's lawyers and mother declined to be interviewed, but both predict he will be cleared. It's a possibility that haunts Lloyd's loved ones. That's my biggest fear. Michael Branch, Lloyd's former coach and mentor, said. All it takes is one juror. Oh, my God. How could they? I don't see how he's not. So all of that part was what was happening, like, conversations during the trial. because. Um, if you don't know the outcome, I'm about to tell you, but like, yeah, yeah. When Hernandez went on trial for the July 2012 murders of Furtado and Abreu in Boston, the NFL paid for his high price defense. Mm-hmm. That's according to two Boston police homicide detectives who spoke exclusively with Boston 25 News. Okay. Money can buy you a good defense, but during our trial, I think Aaron was probably out of money and other football players were supporting his defense, said Detective Sergeant. Mark Sullivan, in his interview about the case. Sully! (laughs) Sully did not name the football (laughs) players who helped fund Hernandez during the trial, but said that they were not Patriots players. Hmm. Hernandez's defense team was led by celebrity attorney Jose Baez. Baez repeatedly criticized the police and prosecution throughout the trial, suggesting Hernandez was targeted because he was an NFL player. Hernandez was acquitted of the double murder. Yeah, I know, but, but I just don't. I, uh, uh. He ended up being acquitted of the double murder, but he was sentenced to life in the murder of Odin Lloyd. Yeah. So I have a picture of him at trial. Okay. It's just him being led in by the uh, jailer people. Asshole. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker. I cannot believe he got off. I, I, I just. I, well, here's here's the last bit here. Okay. Aaron Hernandez was found dead in his prison cell on April 19th, 2017. Hernandez was hanging by a bedsheet in his cell at the Sousa Baranowski Correctional Center just after 3 a.m. He was taken to a local hospital where he was pronounced dead at 4.07 a.m. Hernandez's agent and lawyer questioned whether his death was a suicide. On April 20th, his death ended up being officially ruled a suicide. Yeah. A judge ordered all evidence be preserved in that case, though. Yeah. yeah. 
On April 24th, the court allowed Hernandez's family to see alleged suicide notes, including the ones he left for fiance Shayana Jenkins. Ooh. I started to look for them and I saw a few photos and it just, I don't, I don't want to read somebody's suicide note. I'm just not. That's, that's very, that, it I made me it's... super sad when I read Kurt Cobain's yeah. on the podcast. And so I just kind of, I didn't want to do that again. I feel like so that's I left something it alone. very personal. Yeah. I left it alone. So yeah. Oh. Okay. But here's the last little tidbit here. Okay. I found this list in psychology today. Okay. And then I'm just going to read verbatim. Um, it includes some theories. So, okay. Um, Netflix has a series called Killer Inside the Mind of Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. The series indicates that Hernandez may have committed other murders and shootings throughout his college and professional football career. Here are the top 10 reasons suggested by the show for Hernandez's multiple assaults and killings. I've seen it pop up on the screen, but I've never watched it. I might have to now. I've watched it. Ah. It's been a long time. It was like when it first came out. But. Okay. His father was an abusive alcoholic, leaving him with unresolved anger and violent tendencies. This is a favored trauma PTSD account. Sure. Another reason um, says, yet at the same time, the show indicates that his father was the role model and life ballast who provided structure for Hernandez without which he was lost. Okay. His father died when Hernandez was a young teen, further traumatizing him. Again, we have both the presence and absence of a person being the cause. Yep. I mean, okay. When Hernandez's mother immediately picked up with a relative's husband and moved him into their home, the series indicates Hernandez was further traumatized. Okay. Hernandez's drug use was front and center during the trial and in the series. He smoked marijuana and PCP around the clock while using the painkiller Toradol. Okay, okay, hold on. Marijuana's not that bad. PCP? PCP? Yeah, all right. But Toradol, it's, it's like it's like a baby painkiller. It's not that. Um, I'm sure taken in high doses. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it's not bad, but I mean, like, I mean, it was... <laughs> PCP, though. Jesus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. We then get the famous sports meme. He was a privileged college athlete who escaped consequences from his escapades. In Hernandez's case, these often involved violent events. We are presented with the alarming instances of CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. That's a terrible word. Instances of CTE <laughs> in football due to repeated concussions over a career. Yeah. Though Hernandez was relatively young, he was 27 when he died, and it was early in his career. In addition, recordings made of his jail phone conversations reveal Hernandez to be quite cognate and remarkably good-spirited. His mood changed, of course, when he was convicted and faced life in prison, of course. Well, yeah. would change anybody's mood. Yeah. The series spends a great deal of time early on showing that Hernandez had a youthful gay relationship, suggesting that he engaged in macho compensation as a closeted gay man. However, his most intimate and supportive relationship during his trial and imprisonment was with the mother of his beloved infant daughter with whom he lived. Okay. So, I'm going to take a moment to address this. Okay. There are lots of allegations that he had a gay relationship in high school, that he had one in college, that yeah. he had one in prison. Yeah. And so what if he did? Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, okay. 
Hernandez never related to his New England Patriots teammates and instead associated with his hometown cohorts, even though he was well-liked and an active clubhouse participant. Mm. So he kind of felt like an outsider. Yeah. Hernandez was drawn to violent criminal friends. It is a psychological truth that you will adopt the behavior of those around you. So associating with murderous thugs is a definitive risk factor for violence and murder. That's why my mom used to say to choose your friends wisely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think some of it might be environmental. Absolutely. No, I mean, they, they are very valid points. It could be any of them. It could be a combination. Um, I bet it's a combination. I bet it's a combination of struggling with his own trauma and different balancing em- mental and emotional issues that he wasn't properly working through. Right. You know, from his childhood, his father's death, possible, you know, sexuality. Con- you you know, have issues. to deal with that stuff, people. Yeah, you can't just push that stuff back. So I bet it, in my opinion, which I know means so much to all of you. Call I your think, therapist. <laughs> call your therapist, as Joey Taranto would say. <laughs> I think that has a lot to do with it, coupled with his environment, mm-hmm. coupled with the pressures that come along with uh, being in the spotlight. Absolutely. And suddenly having $40 million given mm-hmm. to you. I'm sure it was a lot of factors for somebody with anger issues, that could be a lot. Mm-hmm. So that was my case. Ooh, ooh. You did really good. Thanks. I'm if you surprised. want more more deets, go watch the documentary. Um, I, I, it, it was good. Yeah, I'm putting that on my list. So there we go. Athletes suck. I mean, a lot of the people we talk about do, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Okay, my turn. Okay. You ready? Yep. Five, six, seven, eight. Oh, my God. Ready? Okay. All right. Do you like cheerleading? Yes. I like cheerleading. (laughs) And since this is currently my world, my sweet baby daughter picked this case for me this week. (laughs) Go, Asher. (laughs) Since we are currently watching the series Cheer on Netflix while constantly dooming my financial future in her hopes to pursue competitive cheer one day. (laughs) She told me I absolutely have to do this one, so here we go. All right. So the first season of Cheer premiered on Netflix in January 2020. Yay, COVID. (laughs) The documentary series followed the Navarro College Cheer Program of Corsicana, Texas, as they competed for the 2019 National Cheerleading Championship which they ultimately won in Daytona Beach, Florida. Woo-hoo. Don't tell my kids. She doesn't know yet. She won't let me tell her. Oh. <laughs> what had, the outcome is? Yeah, she hasn't gotten to that episode <laughs> yet. So. Upon release, the series became a breakout streaming hit and elevated the profile of the program. And its coach, Monica Aldama, and several athletes featured prominently in the series, including Ladarius Marshall, Gabby Butler, and Jerry Harris. I have a photo of the little group. Okay. That's the group. Oh my gosh, she's tiny. So, yeah. So, from left to right, there's Ladarius, Coach Monica, Gabby, and Jerry. Okay. Okay. So, I got to tell you, this case hits kind of close to home because my family knows one of the Navarro cheerleaders personally. Okay. And he was in season two with this. Okay. While all this happened. So, yeah. Well, that's great. So, we're going to talk about Jerry Harris. 
Jerry Harris was born July 14th. 1999. He's the same age as my oldest daughter. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Like seven days apart. That's crazy. Yeah. In Hinsdale, Illinois and raised in Bolingbrook, Illinois. When he was 16, his mother died from lung cancer. He attended Wabunsi Valley High School, followed by Navarro College in Corsicana, where he was a member of the cheerleader team. He became famous for his eccentric personality. Okay. Here's a photo of Jerry by himself. I think that's when he was on the Ellen show. I see some personality. Yes, he's got <laughs> lots of personality. He seems fabulous. You should YouTube him. He screams. He is very energetic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and people love him. Okay. Alongside others, Harris soon appeared on a number of talk shows like Ellen becoming one of the primary voices for the series and, in turn, the sport. Cheer was then renewed for a second season, which would follow Navarro's 2020 season as they hoped to capture a 15th national title. Harris would again be a primary subject. In September of 2020, as the second season was filming, he was arrested and charged with production of child pornography. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I hate this. This is awful. Yeah. Thanks, kid. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> don't like it. But here we go. In February of 2022, he pleaded guilty to two charges, sexually assaulting a 15-year-old boy at a cheer competition and persuading a 17-year-old boy to send him explicit photos as part of a plea bargain that would drop several other charges. Oh, gosh. I understand why plea bargains are done, but yep. I hate them. Yep. I don't feel like some people deserve them mm -mm. at all. Nope. So the new season of Cheer addressed the allegations made against Harris and examined its effect on the Navarro community in episode five titled Jerry, which I have now watched about five times. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's it's so sad to see all of these people that spent every day with him, that loved him as their family, and they said it, they feel like he died, like they had a funeral for him almost. Yeah. It's just because it, they lost the person they yeah, thought they knew. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, filmmakers spoke with several people involved in the case. The episode also features emotional interviews with two alleged victims. Yep. At the time of the allegations, he had become one of the highest profile representatives of the sport. His Instagram account, which had grown to over a million followers, featured collaborations with brands like Cheerios, Starburst, and Walmart. Oh, my gosh. Um, I have a photo of him covering the red carpet for Ellen at the Oscars. Oh, gosh. Yep. Looking all dapper in his suit. He did a really good job. He did a good job of masquerading as well. Uh, yeah, no, no one ever. Okay, so here's what I got from from the series because this is what the articles don't tell you. So, one of the boys was only 13. Oh my gosh! He has a twin brother named Sam. Um, his name is Charlie, the victim. And they were on the same cheer team. They actually had the courage to come forward and speak out about it. 
publicly in this episode. So bravo. Yeah. Props that's, to them. That's so brave. Um, what's really sad is uh, the boys had found their found their people because they were a little different. Um, just from other kids. Right. And they found their place. They were in their element. Mm-hmm. People suck and they're mean. Yep. But they had found their sanctuary where they could completely be themselves. Some people search forever for that. I know. And they found it at 13. So, and then it, it, it kind of got tainted. One day in December of 2018, Charlie got a message from on his private Insta account from Jerry's private Insta account. He was like, hey, how old are you? He responded, I'm 13. Jerry immediately responded with, can I have butt pics? Oh, my gosh. Jerry was an idol of his, so he complied. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, that's so sad. He said, I was getting attention, you know, from a superstar, and I didn't want him to not like me or not want to be friends with me. So I did it. And if he didn't respond promptly to things or didn't give Jerry what he wanted, Jerry would guilt trip him. And say that he was just a kid using him for being popular and stuff. Like, he he would make him feel like a piece of shit. You fucking suck, Jerry. Yeah. Don't like him at all. They actually did meet at um, a cheer competition, ACA, in 2019. And Jerry was texting him the whole time to meet up. Like, pressuring him to go to this bathroom. Oh, my gosh. And go meet up. Um, The kid tried to avoid Jerry as much as possible because it just made him feel uncomfortable. Well, yeah, because it's wrong. Well, and they were in their professional environment. He didn't, it just made him feel super awkward and inappropriate that he knew Jerry that way. Yeah. Um, but Jerry kept harassing him. So he, they did go to the boys' bathroom and Jerry was pressuring him into doing sexual favors and or intercourse. But he said no and he walked out. Good job. He didn't press charges because he was scared. Like, he didn't say anything, and he was he was scared of Jerry's reputation, and not to mention what it would do to him socially in the cheer world. That is, is how they felt. so sad, but that happens all the I time. I know. It, People not reporting. But uh, one day, Mama was randomly going through her son's phone, as you should, mm-hmm. and he found she, she found a suspicious text from Jerry. It said, I'm sorry for what I've done in the past. I don't think it's a good idea that we be friends on Snapchat anymore. So the mom was like, what the fuck? Um, took it to her son and asked him, you know, not like accusing. but Yeah. But he told her everything. Good boy. Yeah. So, um, you know, he told her that they had been communicating through Snapchat. And she said, well, show me the messages. Well, since they're on Snap, there wasn't much available. But Mama did some web sleuthing and found out that there's this folder in there called for my eyes only. And um, it's a password protected folder, but her son willingly opened it for her. Mm -hmm. And she found a video from Jerry. Um, He was doing something very inappropriate to himself. Oh, my gosh. We'll just say that. Um, It's both odd and smart for him to have saved that stuff. Yeah, it's it's all gross. Yeah. So after that, you know, they he stopped conversating with him completely. And as 
more and more time went by and took himself, he took himself out of the situation. It made Charlie realize that what actually happened between him and Jerry was wrong and how wrong Jerry was for what he did. Uh-huh. It took him seeing Jerry being recognized by President Biden. Okay. Mm-hmm. As like an awesome human being. Um, one morning in May to finally snap and report what Jerry had done. He's like, Good. this motherfucker is getting recognized by the president. Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. Good job, Queen. Go get it. So they had to push a little. Um, Mama had to go all the way to the FBI to get attention because she filed reports with the cheerleading association and everything and nothing was done. Yeah. Because that could taint their reputation. Mm-hmm. So um, the FBI got back to her, though, in August of that year. And they investigated it. And, uh, and, uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> I went to laugh at you and hiccup. <laughs> and that's what I get for laughing at you, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I was laughing at myself. So, <laughs> so they did some investigating. And on September 14th in 2020, FBI agents executed a search warrant at his Illinois home in response to allegations that the cheer star solicited nude photos and sex from minors. He was then arrested and charged with production of child pornography. (sighs) After his arrest, he admitted to federal agents that he had exchanged sexually explicit photos with at least 10 to 15 people he knew to be minors. What the actual fuck? These exchanges occurred over Snapchat. This is why I will not allow uh-uh. Snapchat no. for my child at any age. Mm-mm. He also admitted that in 2019, he had sex with a 15-year-old at a cheerleading event. It was not that twin. Somebody yeah. else. That's awful. In December 2020, he was indicted on charges including sexual exploitation of children, receiving and attempting to receive child pornography, enticement, and traveling with the attempt to engage in sexual conduct with a minor. According to the indictment, these incidents occurred in three states, Illinois, Texas, and Florida, between August 2017 and August 2020. Oh, my God. This is such garbage. I have a photo of him in court. He he ain't so perky now. Mm-mm. Nope. Don't care. Nope. After his arrest, he was held at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in Chicago. After four sexual exploitation counts for which he was accused, along with the child pornography charge, each carried a minimum prison sentence of 15 years, if he was convicted. The enticement charge carried... Charge carried a minimum sentence of 10 years if he was convicted. As part of a plea agreement, Harris instead pleaded guilty to two charges with the others being dropped. Oh, God. In his sentencing hearing, Assistant U.S. Attorney Kelly Guzman, I guess, asked U.S. District Judge Manish Shaw, Shaw? Shaw. Shaw. <laughs> For a 15-year sentence for Harris, um, his attorney pushed only for a six-year sentence, citing Harris's off, you garbage. Own unstable and sexually traumatic childhood. I couldn't find a whole lot about his background. That's why I was like, his mom got lung cancer. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't a lot. But so, even if he had a traumatic, sexually traumatic childhood, that doesn't mean that he didn't commit the things mean, that happened. Yep, you yep, piece of yep, shit. Yep. Yep. Like, 
In a sentencing memorandum, Guzman argued for a longer sentence, writing Harris used his celebrity and wealth to continue his exploitation of children, expanding the tools available to him to manipulate them into gratifying his seemingly insatiable sexual desires. Yes. I agree. But ew. Ew. Um, So he was sentenced to 12 years in federal prison. That's it. Yeah. He's also sentenced to eight years of supervised release after his term. That doesn't mean shit. I know. A statement from his lawyer says Harris will spend the rest of his life making amends for what he has done. Now he's about seven months into his 12-year prison sentence in his child pornography case. He is recently transferred to a federal prison in Oklahoma City, where his daily life will be a huge culture shock. Oh, fuck yeah. Here's where it gets a little bit better. Okay. Jerry's going to need to find a way, a new way to stay active because the only fitness opportunities are basketball, handball, walking, and lifting weights. He could cheer for the basketball team. Totes. <laughs> Other ways to pass the time include hobby craft programs, board and card games, group discussion, Letter writing and TV viewing. <laughs> this comes from TMZ, by the way. I just decided TV to take viewing. It <laughs> but the inmates don't get to pick what's on the tube. <laughs> Jerry's got a new bedtime too. Lights go out at eleven thirty on weekdays and one a.m. on weekends. I mean, if you're ready to go to sleep though, and the lights are still on, <laughs> lame. Because uh, I'm going to bed before that. <laughs> There's there's no sleeping in. He's got to be dressed and out of his cell by 6 a.m. Oh, I would never last. <laughs> that is I would not never okay. You last. are not going to make that. I'm there's not going to no make way. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's unlikely Jerry will make many friends on the inside. Guys who plead guilty to child porn aren't exactly welcomed by other inmates. But he can see visitors on weekends and on federal holidays. Who the fuck cares? I know. Nobody cares. He is hanging up the cheer uniform for pres- for standard prison garb, which he's got to wear from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. during the week. It's scratchy. <laughs> Probably. Uh, this is not my color. Not at all. Ew. Outside those hours, he can wear clothes purchased through approved channels. Oh, He's getting a new barber, too. One of his fellow inmates. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> the Netflix money might come in handy. Jerry can spend up to $360 a month at the commissary, or he can work and make well under 50 cents an hour. He's not going to work. But he's also been ordered to pay $35,000 to the victim. He's going to have to work. Work, 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 work. I loved her Super Bowl performance, by the way. I hate that she's getting flack for that. Wait, Rihanna. Why is she getting flack for that? People say it was like pornographic. Okay, well, there Calm was a the couple. fuck down. Well, there were a few moments where I thought to myself, hmm, maybe her hand should not be on her crotch right now. Yeah, but she was fully dressed. All the dancers were fully dressed. Yeah, I loved it. But um, <laughs> that was like the only moment, maybe. When I just don't. The only thing I didn't like is I just don't think it's cute to, like, put your hand by your crotch and then by your face. Like, that just wasn't cute. But. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Like. What you doing? <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I agree. The, the performance the as a whole. Yeah, yeah. The performance as a whole was great. I didn't know she was pregnant again. And then it was like, oh, look at you. That get was, it, mama. I didn't either. Supposedly, that was her way of announcing it. Yeah. 
Because um, nobody knew. I was like, am I supposed to know this information? Um, I, I thought know. she already Didn't had she a just baby. Have one? She did. She just had one like nine months ago or something like that. <laughs> back to back. I don't know nothing about that life. Eh. I don't know nothing about it. Great. Fine. <laughs> According to my son, I just pick up my kids at Target. So. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta go to Target. A. <laughs> All the best babies go there. Yeah, he legit thought I bought him a Target. I think it's cute. <laughs> he has since been corrected, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he's older now. I picked him up at a building. <laughs> That's what he now knows. It wasn't Target. I didn't buy him. <laughs> Yay, life. <laughs> You went to a baby dealership. (laughs) I went to the baby lot. (laughs) Picked one out. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's cute. Just getting a visual of, like, all these cribs. (laughs) Just browsing. Let me pick this one up and see how it feels. (laughs) That's terrible. But it's funny. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. We have trivia stuff to do. Why don't you announce winners and such? Okay. So our winners this week or last week <laughs> were Bonnie Cole and Northern Gothic True Crime. Good job, ladies. Um, Y'all are killing it. So. So it was. The question was. Who did Italian immigrants in New Orleans have to fear in the early 20th century? And the answer is the Axeman of New Orleans. Between May 1918 and October 1919, a mysterious and still unidentified killer targeted Italian immigrants, especially grocers, and killed at least six and possibly as many as a dozen people. Why are you killing the grocers? I don't know, but we're not going to talk any more about that because I have plans to do this in the future. Yeah. So. I know. It probably won't be this season, but it's coming. It's coming. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. So good job on that. Let's see. Y'all got gold stars. All right. I'm going to ask this one because I don't know shit about this. Okay. I'm probably going to read this whole page to y'all. Just so we can all learn together. Okay. Not, I mean, not today, but you know, when, when, we when answer, I give the answer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Listen up for the question. Uh-huh. What was the terrifying way the servant girl annihilator secured his victims? The f- oh, I don't know, but I'm here for this. What? Yes. Read it again. Again. What was the terrifying way the servant girl annihilator secured his victims? Ooh. Your time starts now, TikTok bitches. Oh, so. We're almost done. Do you want to tell the good people? Ooh, I tallied up the results. Yeah. The, the I tally. finally did it. I did it. Okay. So here here we go. In first place, we have Miss Bonnie Cole with four. Woo! Yeah. It, we have a tie for second place with three. Northern Gothic True Crime and Shannon Williams. And then we have a tie for third place, which is They Don't Stay Dead, which is also a podcast with one point, and Rebecca Ayers with one point. All right. Yeah. Get your gold stars, people. There's yeah. still time. You've got time. For, for the, the mystery, mystery prize. prize. <laughs> it's a mystery to us all. Yeah, we still don't know, but 
We promise that we have thoughts. We we do have thoughts. They just haven't come to fruition yet. Yeah, it'll hit us. Don't worry, and we'll be like, oh, that's it, Eureka! (laughs) (laughs) By George, I think we've got it. That's great. (laughs) All right. Well, um, I think that's that for this week. Yeah. If you liked that, go. Rate and review. <laughs> Rate, review, follow, like all the things. Yeah. Because we're on all the things. Oh, I just looked at next week. Next week's going to be fun. Yeah, it is going to be fun. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a little less martyry, y'all. A little bit? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. We, we like throwing the fun stuff in. Yeah. Okay, so come back. Yeah. Ta-ta. We <laughs> Ta-ta. 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 Okay, but for real, bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout-out to Stephen Goetzke for editing, Craig Sweever for music, and our very own Amanda Higgins for art. We'll talk at you next week.